This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Every week on Hired, they run an auction where over a 1,000 tech companies in San Francisco, New York, and L.A. bid on iOS developers, providing them with salary and equity up front. The average iOS developer gets an average of 5 to 15 introductory offers and an average salary offer of $130,000 a year. Users can either accept an offer and go right into interviewing with the company or deny them without any continuing obligations. It's totally free for users, and when you're hired, they also give you a $1,000 bonus as a thank you for using them. But if you use the iFreaks link, you'll get a $2,000 bonus instead. Finally, if you're not looking for a job but know someone who is, you can refer them to Hired and get a $1,337 bonus if they accept a job. Go sign up at Hired.com slash iFreaks. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 163 of the iFreaks show. This week on our panel, we have James Uber. Hello from Minneapolis. Lane Mosley. Hello from Lehigh, Utah. I'm Charles Maxwood from DevChat.tv. Quick shout out about some of the remote conferences that are coming up. I've got robots coming up, and then I've got some web development ones. So if you're into any of that, go check them out. This week, we're going to be talking about iMessages. And this is something that Lane says he's been playing with. So I'm going to let you kind of tell us where we should start. Oh, man, there's so many new cool things happening with iMessage. Uh, Quick recap. So with iOS 10, um, Apple is opening up iMessage to developers, adding a slew of new features. And obviously for me as a, as a developer, you know, the iMessage apps are super exciting. And to me, it kind of feels like App Store, you know, 1.0 all over again. It feels like kind of a new world to me in, you know, what we're going to do with these new apps and things like that. And so... I don't know. A lot to talk about uh, with these new apps. We should probably start and talk about what iMessages are, because for a lot of people, it's just a way to know that their friends are using an Android phone. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's a a good point. It turns green when they're not on an iPhone (laughs) and blue when they are. It's kind of like a status symbol, you know? Yeah. So what, what does iMessage in its current state provide that a text message doesn't? Yeah, so iMessage is something that Apple introduced, I believe, in iOS 5, if I remember right, maybe 6. Anyway, and what it is, is a message platform that you know goes away from the traditional SMS, and it's a, you know, and it it's straight from Apple device to Apple device, and then later they added, you know, Mac support. And so similar to Facebook Messenger, you know, it's a it's an Apple branded message platform that we all, you know, if you have an iPhone or a Mac or an iPad, you use it. Um, and it's, you know, very typical Apple that they take something you use already, such as SMS, and make it much better without you really even knowing about it. How's that for a description? That sounds good. I mean, it, it also adds a bunch of things on top of SMS stuff. It detects maps, it detects names, it detects a lot of different things. So a lot of things that you really didn't have with a text message before, now it's commonplace. So you can you, you can share with your, your Mac, but you have a lot more detection and a lot more rich functionality with iMessage than you than you would get from a, a, just a text message. I remember when I first started using iMessage, the two things that really popped out for me were uh, it showed when somebody else was typing, which is really great. And read receipts. So you could actually see when somebody has read what you sent them. Those are two really cool features that I still really like. Yeah, my wife hasn't, or at least she hasn't gotten after me about uh, read receipts yet. I know you've read it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I know a lot of people that turn that off, 
you know, to stay a little passive aggressive. So they don't, you know, people don't know when you've actually read what you've sent them. I like putting on just one character and the response of leaving it and not attending it. So they think I'm typing for 20 minutes. Oh, there you go. That's my little passive aggressive trick. And it's so disappointing when, when you think someone's typed for 20 minutes, and then they reply with, yeah, sure. Yep. Okay. Smiley. Here's my favorite emoji. So for me, I've only really used iMessage in that app, in the, the messages app on my phone or on my Mac. So what is there to it? I mean, what, what can programmers do with it that the lay person wouldn't really think about? Well, you know, as of now, nothing. Um, you know, it's it's really locked down, and Apple has has kept you know a good grip on it. But with iOS 10, they're opening it, opening it up to app extensions, and so what this means is that a developer can write uh, a little app that li- actually lives just inside the iMessage app, or it can be an extension for your own app that you already have. And so they're going to change the UI a little bit. And I was playing with this last night, you know, where you put in your text that you want to send to somebody. And then to the left, there's a little arrow. If you tap that arrow, you get three options. You get photos, you get, I think they call it digital touch, which is similar to what's on the Apple Watch. And then there's a little app icon. And if you tap the app icon, it shows you can actually get a little home screen type interface where you can choose different apps that will live just inside iMessage. And, uh, you know, a couple good examples that they showed were Square Cash. It's, you know, it's an app where you can send money between people with just your phone, but you can actually send that money straight in iMessage. So whoever you're talking to, you can just select the, you know, Square Cash iMessage app, type in, you know, how much money you want to send them and send them that money straight, straight with an iMessage. So you mentioned these apps can be standalone. These don't have to be standard apps that you launch from your, your your home screen. They can be standalone apps that just exist in the iMessage app. Yeah, that's what I understand. And you know, they said that there's actually going to be like an app store for just iMessage apps as well. So could you make games out of this? I mean, I'm thinking like, here's my location, you know, and so I'm trying to catch up with you, and so then you post, you know, some comment and then it gives your location and so then i start heading toward you or i don't know i i'm sure you can um i'm actually i was playing with it last night writing a little app for iMessage and i was very impressed with the tools that we're able to to use you know you can load up an entire interface just like you would in your app you get a storyboard you get a view controller and you can put ui on it um, there's two modes that your app is in. One is compact and then expanded mode. The compact mode means that it's just under the keyboard. And then when you go to expanded mode, it will take up the entire screen. And you can send messages. You can have custom UI like in the message. Uh, all sorts of cool things. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm really excited about it. I mean, one other thing that comes to mind is that uh, I really want to build an iOS app for devchat.tv in particular so that people can interact, I guess, more with the podcasts beyond whatever they use to subscribe to the RSS feed and, you know, maybe going to the website and commenting. And it occurs to me that with this, it'd be nice for somebody to say, 
you know, they send it to a coworker or a friend saying, Hey, have you seen this episode? And then have it actually, you know, pull up an interface inside of iMessage that is a player. So they can just hit play from within the, the iMessage and it just streams it. Yeah. And that seems like a complete possibility. So, you know, one of the things that you, you supply is you can create new messages and you give it a template and the template includes like a, a message, a subtitle and a couple of other different text elements. And then you give it a kind of like a base content thing, which is a URL or a video or an audio file or an, or an image. So one thing that I'm wondering about with this, though, is that if let's say that I create a, a message type that is podcast episode or devchat.tv episode, do they have to have the same extension installed on their end in order to get that devchat.tv episode and have it display or work the way I want it to? So I believe that, um, no, I, if you just supply a, a video or an audio file, it will just play. However, you can do custom UI in 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 your so there's there's two parts to it there's the message that you can create that kind of goes in the list of messages right and then there's the ui to interact with the message if they don't have the extension or the app installed if they select that message then it'll just take them straight to the app store and have them install it if they okay. want to cool another good example that they showed at WWDC was i think it was open table and they showed a group message where people were deciding where to go to eat within a single message in iMessage. So you know how you get in a group message and it's like a thousand messages long and no one can decide. Well, what's cool about the open table thing they showed is it was a single message and it, stick, it sticks to the bottom. As, as everyone in the group interacts with it, it, it kind of weights down to the bottom as people make choices. Pretty, pretty cool. That is cool. What have you been doing with it? I'm, I'm curious, Lane. Well, I've got an app that I'm kind of keeping undercover right now just because it's not, it's not super hard to do and I want to make the best version of it. <laughs> and I don't want copycats. So... That one I'll stay under wraps. But the other thing that I'm going to be doing is uh, there's the sticker packs. So there's two parts to the to the apps. There's there's apps themselves and there's stickers. And my brother is a designer, and I think he's going to make a couple sticker packs for me, and we're gonna we're gonna release those. So that's also a new concept that they introduced. What what are the stickers? So stickers are really cool. So you know we have emoji right now where you can kind of inline you know, little, the little emojis stickers, take it to another level where you can actually place the sticker anywhere in the conversation. Like you can like cover up messages. You can kind of react to different messages with these stickers. And you know, what comes to mind right now is we have a lot of custom keyboards in the app store that try to emulate this thing where, it inlines a little graphic or a little image. And this this will, in my mind, kind of replace that where you'll be able to take these stickers of, you know, whatever they are. I know there's a lot of celebrity-type keyboards that will let you put in you know, these custom graphics. But the sticker concept is, is, I think, to replace that where you have just this set of stickers that's kind of like a better emoji and... 
uh, you can just place them within in your message message stream. I know one thing my message stream has been missing is pictures of Kim Kardashian. So let's add you, that. You will have much more of that. So All right. That's great. <laughs> I actually thought of like building out a, a service where you could, because the sticker packs are really easy, like no code required. You just kind of drop a set of images in there. You kind of build out a service where anyone can just make a sticker pack and, you know, pay you some monthly fee to maintain it. And then you kind of release it on the app store or something like that. Could work for like these celebrities that just want their face all over everyone's messages. But I can also see that again for podcasters with your album art and things like that. Absolutely. You can add Charles Maxwood to all my messages now. That'll be great. Yikes. You don't want my ugly face on all your stuff. So I'm, I'm just trying to think. You, we're, we've talked about creating these sort of custom message types and adding interface to iMessage. Are, are you going to be able to send messages from other apps, though? Wait, what do you mean exactly? So let's say that I have some other app that does something interesting. I don't know. Maybe I create my own calendar app, right? And then I want to send a message from my calendar app through iMessage to my friend that says, hey, meet me at this time or you know, invite them to an appointment on my calendar. I know this is something that's already more or less implemented anyway, but I'm just putting it out there as an example. Is this something that I could actually do and pull up from the calendar app? that says, here's the message you're going to send to these other people over iMessage, you know, approve, send. Yeah, I I don't know, actually. Um, it seems like you should be able to, you know, because in an app you can pull up the message composer. But I don't think that you can, at the, right now at least, like populate it with a message. I don't think so. But I'm not sure. I'm not confident in that answer. Nice. I have to admit that I've I missed most of the WWDC stuff just because I had other things going on that week. Yeah, in my mind, this is one of the coolest things because you know Apple is is continually letting us into a lot of their things. You know, another example is in the Maps app. You know, we can run extensions in there as well, so you'll be able to book an Uber ride straight from from Maps instead of needing to go to the Uber app. So it's just kind of a trend forward, I think, for for Apple letting developers get more and more into the into the operating system. Yeah, that was a like a big priority for Apple to get ways to step back from requiring our users to open an apps uh, open apps on their own because we're all suffering from app fatigue. We've got a million apps on our devices, and most people aren't going to apps every day. At least we've got a handful of apps that we visit and. The other stuff that we use, maybe use our phones for, we're not downloading the apps, so we don't remember where they are. We don't think to go there. And Apple's providing a way to for us to interact with our users without explicitly going to your home screen and loading up this app. You know, iMessage, that's part of it. The Siri kit is another way. And these different extensions that we're talking about, Mac extensions. And it really opens up a new paradigm for interacting with our, you know, our users of our apps. If you want someone to respond quickly, what do you do? You send them a text message, right? If you send an email, it gets ignored. If they have to go check their app for something, some status, it's not going to happen. So, and it's a way to provide lightweight interactions without people going to, oh, I need to check this app that I, for I forgot to check for three days and I missed all my messages. So I think that opens a lot of things up in, in the future. It does. And I, I think that, you know, my, my main thoughts when I was watching them announce this all, all these things was, you know, this is like, app 2.0 or, 
you know, the, the death of the app as we know it, because you've got the new notifications that are extremely interactive, which, you know, Android's had that for a while, but Apple embracing that to me is, you know, they're just getting all of your relevant content right up front, right from the beginning. And as they're adding more AI and, and machine learning and all this stuff, it's like they're going to know what we want to do without ever ha- having to go to an app anymore. Definitely. That opens up a lot of opportunity for app developers, even if it's not what we traditionally would do in an app, you know, requiring our users to open it. We can start listening to locations and getting information and, and just hopping in and being less obtrusive. And that opens up a lot of more, a lot more use cases that, you know, we're just starting to discover, I think. Yeah. One other thing that I'm curious about is with these iMessages, you mentioned audio, video, text, you know, some of these other formats, images. Uh, what if I sent over like a reference to an RSS feed and, and with a message that said, subscribe to iFreaks? I mean, is there a way to have that so that it opens up my podcast app and does the subscription from there? It just seems like that's that's another way of taking these extensions to the next level where messages really isn't set up to subscribe you to podcasts, but downcast or podcasts or overcast or whatever else is. Well, you currently can send a URL to messages. And if your app is listening to that particular URL, you can open and do things that way. So assuming you have the app installed on your device, you can create a URL and register it. And when someone clicks on that URL, it goes to your app. So that seems uh, definitely doable. Do these extensions, though, apply the other way? So we're talking about sending these particular types of things. It would be interesting to have extensions that looked at your message and said, I recognize that that's a link to an RSS feed. And so I'm going to open it in one of these apps instead of saying, where do you want to open this? So with the current implementation, you'd probably create your your own url scheme it wouldn't be just a generic rss feed it'd be your okay. your your apps interpretation of what the rss feed is and from there you can open the url and interpret it however you want it's, it's pretty bulky most apps don't do this well and it's, it's difficult to do well to open from a different url and behave in all the weird different edge cases but it is it is possible yeah i don't think apple will you know ever really allow an app to kind of scan, you know, somebody's messages, but you know, they've got the, the, the URL scheme functionality. That's, that's pretty good. You know, like James said, it's, it's hard to pull off, right. But it, you know, it seems that these messages, all of the state and all of the information is supposed to be just in the URL. So, you know, when you're saving stuff, like you don't have like an object of, uh, or like a data block, to send around. It's literally the URL to that message. And that's how you keep track of what's going on. Mm, Okay. Another thing I find very interesting is the potential for apps going viral with this, I think is like tenfold. Because all of a sudden, let's say I have an app and I'm sending this the same message, whatever it is, you know, it's maybe sending money through Square Cash or something like that. And all of a sudden, you know, the ease of of installing that app is literally tapping on it and it'll take you straight to the app store and then you tap install. So you're like two taps away from installing any new app. Yeah, that does open a lot of opportunity for 
getting your app out there soon and for sending like something like sending money that's a good way to induce people to install an app hey install this app get money sounds good to me i think anyone would install that app oh i'm sure there's somebody out there that doesn't like money so along with the the message framework and iMessages, they introduced a, a number of new components to messages, even on the user standpoint. Like you do the, the 3D touch and you can have, I can't even remember what, what they called it, but you can be excited about something. You could be not excited about something. Is it um, like the reactions? Is yeah. That what you're talking about? The reactions. Yeah. Instead of like saying, oh, that's cool. You can make it get big and blow up and look like you're really excited. So do we have control of that in the, the iMessage apps and the message framework? Uh, as far as I understand, no. Um, basically, as far as an extension goes, you can you can populate a message into the you know the input, but the user themselves must actually send that. And as far as the new things, I, I didn't see anything in there that would uh, you know let you trigger like the fireworks effect or any of those new effects that they have. So. I'll tell you, though, a lot of the guys I work with are very unexcited about some of the new things, such as the fireworks and the being able to make the message grow really big because they think it just will end up being super annoying. Possibly, but as a society, we've completely gotten away from voice communication. Like, we don't talk on the phone anymore. And a problem with the text communication that we've known for, for decades is you can't do sarcasm. You can't do so many inflection things with text. And at this point, we're re-adding them back in. So for a long time, you couldn't do a, a sarcasm with email unless you had a smiley face. But you know, we're starting to re-add all those inflections we used to get from voice communication into just text communication. So I think it's very important. I think a lot of geeks aren't going to be aren't going to like it, but I think it's it's re-adding what's been removed over the past you know, five years from our communication styles. So I think it's it's fairly important. So if I want to build one of these extensions, Lane, you mentioned that you do a lot of the same things you do to build just a regular iOS app. But can you kind of walk us through the process? Is it a different kind of project in Xcode? Or do you just create an app and kind of build it from there? You just don't build a full app? Or how do you do it? So if you want to just create a standalone extension, they have a project template for it. And so you can, you know, just create a new Xcode project. And one of the new options is uh, you can choose either a message. I think they call it extension or a sticker pack. And from there, it's it's very familiar. It didn't take me long at all to, you know, see what was going on. There was a storyboard file and you could put your, you know, UI inside there. And there was a view controller that they made for you. It's very simple. You know, this is definitely version one stuff. You, you can't do a lot, but you know, you have a view controller that you can, you know, use all the same things. Like there was nothing out of the ordinary to do it. Now, another thing that you can do is if you want to add a messages extension to your own app, to do that, you just need to, if, if you've done something like a share extension or a today extension, it's similar to that where you go to your app and create an extension in your app that will then apply to messages. Okay, so it sounds like standalone message apps is going to be very limited. I mean, you're not doing any core data or stuff like that. But if you want to have an extension of your own app, you have access to that type of things. But there's likely some communication layer, like similar to a watch where you have, I don't remember what it is, but you can, you can pass data back from the watch to your app. 
but internally you can save it however you want in any format that the the watch would handle it. Is that is that true with the message framework? I you know I didn't do that specifically. I I was mainly working on a standalone app, but I I'm confident in saying that yeah, it's very similar to how these other extensions, you know, work. You know, they they've made a really good framework around extensions and I I would say it it probably works exactly the same. Sounds good. Right, because you can pull in existing extensions into your own app, right? Yes, yes, you can. So where where do we see this going in the future with uh, some of these services that are provided by Apple? Are they going to continue to provide these kinds of extensions for everything, or are they going to uh, stand by where they've kind of been with some of the uh, security stuff and say, well, this particular area is a security risk, and so we're not going to put extensions on it? It's hard to know, you know, what they'll do. I I do think though that messaging is a is a very good place for them to go because I mean if you look at messaging apps around the world, you know, you've got WhatsApp and you've got WeChat, Facebook, they're all kind of trying to do the same thing, which is be the central place where you do everything. It almost feels like kind of the new the new operating system to me. Because in China with WeChat, they like WeChat is like the one stop shop for everything. Like you can you book your rides, you pay people, like all the things that we see and that they're adding to iMessage, like it exists already. And so I think for this one, it makes a lot of sense for Apple because they want to control that messaging experience for everybody. Down the road, though, I don't know. It's hard to know what they, I, I think they will, though. I think they'll continue to open it up and, and the extension will probably be the new the new app. I think so. I think our overall applications will exist as a bunch of extensions. And Apple's shown that they're can be very picky about what they release. They're very concerned about usability. You know, they along with you know the messages framework, message extensions, they released map extensions, but they released a very small subset of functionality, you know, ride sharing and booking a restaurant. When it would wouldn't be that difficult to do open it up to more generic things, but they're very focused on ensuring that we don't create just terrible user experiences and they just blame the, blame the platform. So I, there's a lot more coming, but it's, it's going to be more of a trickle. Things that they'll get out there and they know won't be too terrible and we can improve from there. But I think it's definitely going in that direction. One thing you know we didn't mess, uh, mention before was the uh, voice over IP, the you know the VoIP extension. So oh yeah, you know that I think that's huge news as well because now you can take phone calls with WhatsApp and like that's it. You you won't even realize that you're not using just your normal cell service. It's awesome. Oh, that is cool. I've wanted that with Skype for like ever since smartphones were a thing. You know, just to be able to take a phone call with with Skype. So. Yeah, I agree. I do wonder a little bit, though, with some of the security implications of some of this. For example, if you're using an extension on your map and your map knows your location and somebody has a reason to be conscious of that, I I guess they go through the same review process as everything else. But, you know, it'd be interesting to see, okay, you know, how does this have implications into how people live in the future, both in good ways and in the, oh, crap, I don't want my ex to be able to find me ways. (laughs) <laughs> well, it, it makes sense why Apple's rollout of this is slow because extensions has been around for a long time. 
And I know that privacy with this stuff is like the number one focus. And so far, they've done a great job with it. And they've, they've kept it, you know, everything super private. And I, I think they'll continue. But I, I do think it just it takes more time. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but I mean, you are balancing that against the convenience of things, right? You pull up the map and it's real convenient to be able to say, yeah, I'm here and I need to go there and I need a ride. So are there any other aspects of this that we need to dig into before we go to picks? I don't think so. I I think we've got it pretty covered. All right. Well, it'll be a little bit shorter episode, but I don't mind that, you know, as long as we've covered it. So let's go ahead and go to picks. James, do you have some picks for us? All right. I've got one pick. And for a lot of us former Microsoft users, you know what we really miss? You know, we've got OS ten now or the Mac OS. Death. Screen of death. You know, we miss all that, the crashes, you know, Microsoft Word, but we really Microsoft miss Clippy. forcing you to up, upgrade to Windows ten. Oh yeah. That's luckily I I've backed away from that. I've heard many bad things. But anyway, I really miss Clippy. You know, it looks like you're trying to uh open a document. Can I help? And like, what can we do with Clippy? We don't have Clippy anymore. So someone came up with the idea to create a JavaScript plugin where you can add Clippy to any web page. Nice. So I'm just throwing that out there. If anyone wants to drop Clippy in some random web page, go ahead. Um, so smore.com, uh, clippy.js. So it looks like you're trying to record a podcast. Can I help? <laughs> nice. So so does it does it work pretty well? I haven't tried it. It looks cool. It looks like Clippy. So I've, I haven't tried it on any websites. I'm not sure if they have any in action. Uh, you can download it, get the source. I don't, I don't see anywhere where it's being used. So you could be the first. You could uh, clippy anything. I just sometimes wonder if, like, Microsoft was, you know, 15, 20 years ahead of their time. Because I could see a time when, you know, you open your smartphone, you're on a corner of the street, and your phone's like, hey, do you need to book a ride? Yeah. No, definitely. Are you lost? Yes. You just turned around three times. I turned on your camera and you look tired. Do you need caffeine? <laughs> Seriously, though, like our phones know so much about us. You know, you think about health kit integration, like there's so many things that they could do. So, you know, maybe Apple will create a new Clippy. That'd be great. Yeah, but that's what this conversation's been all about with the, with the extensions is the phone knows enough about you and knows what common behaviors are under certain circumstances. So why not just make it available when you open the maps? You are probably trying to figure out where you are. So here are some helpful ways to approach things. All right, Lane, what are your picks? So I've got just one, and uh, I got solar panels installed um, on my house yesterday. And the company that did it was uh, Arc Solar, and they did a great job, super professional, and... I can't wait to convert the sun beating down on my house straight into air conditioning. Can't wait. Nice. Life hack right there. <laughs> Take that, sun. You want to be hot today? Straight to AC. Uh, I've been resisting that move. I should talk to you and see if it actually makes sense to me to do it now. Yeah, I thought long and hard for months and months and months and pulled the trigger. Pretty happy about it. Awesome. All right, I've got a book that I'm going to pick. I was wondering if I picked it last week, but I can guarantee you I didn't because I didn't make it last week. And that is Procrastinate on Purpose by Rory Vaden. And it's it's a productivity book, but in particular, it is about creating margin in your life and getting the right things done at the right time. 
And he talks about, I, I won't give it all away, but he talks about the different stages that you need to go through in order to figure out how to handle a particular task. So, for example, if it's something that you shouldn't do or shouldn't worry about at all, you can eliminate it. In other words, you just take it off your list and it goes away and you're done. And then another thing you can do is you can delegate it. So you can have somebody else do it. Or you can, I mean, he, he has five different things that you can do with it. Uh, the last one before you actually just do it is, can I put it off? And so you procrastinate it on purpose. And that's where the book's title comes from. But it's been really interesting to look at the things that I do and the things that I have Mandy do and the things that I have other folks do within the context of devchat.tv or anything else and think to myself, oh, okay, so you know, where does this fall and how can I get more time and be doing the things that are really important? So anyway, I'm just going to put it out there as just an awesome book because I have really gotten a lot out of it. And like I said, it's Procrastinate on Purpose by Rory Vaden. And yeah, those are my picks. So yeah, so we'll go ahead and wrap up the show. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll see y'all next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.